Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 97, Training Swim Instructors in Person. That's right. Today we're going to look at the Lesson Coordinator Handbook for uh, Teaching Fun and Effective Swim Lessons. And we're going to look at the training that swim instructors get in person as part of the training workbook. Now, this is a workbook guide for our middle management swim instructor lesson coordinators uh, and how to run an in-person training class. Join me now as we get started. That's right. Today, we're going to be looking at the Swim Instructor Lesson Coordinator Handbook. Now, this book is available as part of your all-access membership as a downloadable PDF file or available for purchase individually uh, as a PDF file or available in print on Amazon.com or any of the Amazon variant flavors. Uh, and you can get the book printed. It's actually really, really nicely done, bound and printed. But if what you're looking for is a digital reference and the ability to print on your own, unlimited copies, then the membership and the uh, single purchase is going to be the way to go. With that said, there are three sections in the booklet. There are the purple sections, which cover the level skills. So all of our levels from parent talk guppies through one through four, and it goes in depth on how to administer and run those levels as a lesson coordinator. The red section, which we're going to look at today, which is the how to train or train a staff. It's essentially eight modules on how to train an in-person swim instructor course, followed by the green section, which is all about how to be an effective supervisor, manager, and do the different things that are uh, involved in lesson coordinating. So things like addressing parents on the deck, how to handle parent communication, how to do evaluations, how to do level assessments, and general problem-solving techniques. Today, we're going to focus on modules one and two of the training workbook. Uh, so this is the portion that discusses how to set up an in-person training, which is what we're going to be looking at today. So to get started, we're going to do a brief overview of what's included in the online, or, or I'm sorry, on the lesson coordinator handbook and kind of what it looks like as you go through the training. You'll see uh, this is a two-page setup. So the left-hand side of the, the training workbooks will be covering um, information that the lesson coordinator needs to know in advance of running the lesson uh, the program, the, the training system, or the, the in-person training. Uh, it covers things like the timeline and a brief explanation of how much time should be spent on each activity or action, the objective of the particular section. So uh, number one is setting expectations. The objective is to provide participants with a clear understanding of what they're going to do, how long the training will take, and what the training will be like. It will also introduce leadership, prepare participants for success. There are goals for the leader. So whoever's leading the training, they have specific goals. For section one, setting expectations, those goals are give participants clear expectations for the training. What is going to happen? When will it happen? And for how long? We're going to do this for this long, and it will take this amount of time. Establish tone and professionalism, so define what behavior should be like for your actions. Be loud, clear, respectful, and you'll receive it in return from your participants. Uh, 
avoid gossip, bullying, joking inappropriately, and avoid distraction. Again, these are the goals for the leader of the training. Communicate a clear timeline. When will you start and when can people expect to finish? Make it clear when you'll be in water and when you'll be on land and what preparation time you'll provide between the two. There's also included on these left-hand side pages, leadership action, so things that need to be done in order to effectively run your training. So number one is prepare the space. Have your training space clearly defined before you begin. Know where you will do group activities on land and in water. And know the times you have access to each. So coordinating with the facility manager, making sure that you have adequate space and time to do the actual actions and training that you have planned and prepared. <clears throat> There's also established tone and tempo. So greet everyone that enters and tell them where to go. So the leader of the training defines both the tone of the rest of the training and the speed at which it will take. And it's important to set clear expectations from the beginning. And then number three, speak loud, clearly, and concisely. Give simple direct commands and speak in simple sentences. Be loud enough for everyone to hear and be confident in your delivery, avoiding excessive filler words like um, ah, uh, uh, and uncertainty. <clears throat> The right-hand side of these training pages on setting expectations includes a list of activities and challenges or discussions that you can have. And these are the actual things you are doing. This is the, aside from the brief introduction and the setting, which we're not gonna dictate in a training workbook, but merely identify the things that need to be done. Uh, we don't wanna, there's so many nuanced differences between facilities, programs, and offerings that the, training guide is more of a framework that you can use uh, to follow initially and then iterate or make small changes on on your own to adapt to your own personal program and facility. So on the right hand side is icebreakers. This is for section number one of a training for new swim instructors. Uh, assuming that you're training a staff of people and we'll follow the same activity, activity challenge format that is so successful in the swim lesson plans and applies very nicely to a training environment for teaching new swim instructors. It's also a very non-subtle way of getting the swim instructors to start understanding what they will be doing in their lessons and modeling it after what you're teaching them in an in-person training environment. So activity number one is Icebreaker. Using the following format, say your name, years worked with the agency, and a food you refuse to eat. And this is a simple introduction and fun fact type of thing. For example, I would say, my name is Jeffrey Napolsky. I've been working here for 25 years, and I will not eat eggplant. And the next person can go. And you go around in a group doing that. There are some in instructions on the right-hand side of this page next to the activity explanation. And the two of them are go first, speak clearly, and let the veterans go first in order to give the new people an opportunity to get more comfortable. You can then do this activity again and attempt to say everyone's name if you've learned it and everyone's food that they will not eat. You can also change this activity to be something like what is a food you always eat or a food that you don't like the smell of or you don't like the look of. It can be any number of these things and it doesn't have to be about food. It's simply a low, it, 
food is a very uh, easy thing to talk about with people that isn't too personal or too um, generic. It's interesting without being violating privacy, I think. Uh, so it works very well in this activity. That activity should take between three to five minutes, and it could be taking longer if you wanted to. Activity number two, following the same activity, activity challenge progression, where we do one activity followed by a linked, slightly more difficult one, followed by a challenge, uh, is the same thing that we do in our lesson plans. It's the same thing we're doing here in our online lesson coordinator, our online cut lesson coordinator handbook, which is available for print right now or as a PDF. So activity number two is question exchange. Now, this is a idea that I stole from a conference, which I absolutely love. And uh, I think that this uh, icebreaker is a great way of creating conversations if it's done um, with the intent and spirit behind which it was designed. So distribute small pieces of paper. So prepare your materials, lesson coordinators, before you begin and encourage conversation. So distribute, distribute small pieces of paper. Each person writes a question that they'd like answered related to swimming or work or something relevant to their lives. So any question that you'd like answered, it could be, what is a streamline? How do you like making eggs? Or what's the best way to flip, do a flip turn? I mean, it could be anything really. Everyone finds another person and they each ask and answer the questions that they've written down. Once they've both answered the questions that they wrote down, the participants exchange their questions that were written on that paper. So if I went up to Harry, I would ask my question, how do you like to make your eggs? Harry would say scrambled. I would say over easy. And then he would ask me his question, and that could be, do you like cloudy days or sunny days? And I would say both. And he would say both. And we would trade papers. So I would then take his question, which is, do you prefer sunny days or cloudy days? And he would take my question, how do you like your eggs? And then we would both go find new partners and ask our new questions to them and ask their questions to us. And what happens is, as people go around the room, <clears throat> the questions start mingling in different ways. And ideally, you'd be getting new different questions every time and striking up conversations that potentially have the ability to create connection or distinction amongst the participants of your training. This is a good way to get information out of people and a way to find commonality and things that you find, are, find similar or you find similar distaste with uh, in order to create connection between strangers. So activity number one is your name, the years you've worked with the agency, and a food refuse to eat, a simple standing around introducing yourself. Question number two, activity number two is a little bit more involved following our same progressive formula of activity one, activity two. And then we're asking questions and we're doing a, a more multi-step instruction activity writing questions on a piece of paper, asking it to a partner, trading paid questions, and then finding someone new. Uh, and then we're going to go into our challenge. So this is the first challenge that everyone's going to have as part of a training program in how to teach swim lessons.
So the first challenge is name everyone at training. So it's been about five to 10 minutes after we did our initial training activity. And I would suggest that the lesson coordinator goes first in an attempt to name everyone's name. So can you name the 10 to 12 people that are participating in the training that have all met for the first time? Maybe, maybe not. And if they can, and that's too easy, then name everyone's food that they won't eat. So remembering that um, I won't eat asparagus, I won't eat eggplant, naming everyone's food they won't eat. So it makes it a little harder. Or another challenge could be match the top two best questions from the question exchange to the person who wrote it. So the lesson coordinator can take their two favorite questions from the question exchange and try to guess who wrote those questions. And that's a good way of getting to know people in an interesting way. Now, alternately, if those are too simple or you've already done them, the challenge can be called find your folk. So in less than 30 seconds, everyone in the room must separate into three groups without speaking. Group number one, have food allergies. Group number two, are cat owners. And group number three, are left-handed people. So do not define where those groups go or how they are identified. Simply give this instruction. They should be separated into three distinct groups. There is no talking and define the three groups. Now I encourage you to uh, set the tone with this and see what happens. Be exaggerated and goofy in your uh, pantomiming without talking. So maybe lick your arm if you're pretending to be a cat or do cat pose if you're familiar with yoga to identify yourself as a cat person uh, or pantomime writing with your left hand only. And again, you can select any category you'd wish to separate people into. Uh, these three are examples. Again, the, the training workbook is designed to be a scaffolding for you to follow. So generally activity one, activity two, and then a challenge and give you ideas to launch off into your own ideas as you start conducting your own training. Now you could use this verbatim and go through it and it is successful and we've done it a number of times. Or you can iterate on it and make your own changes. Now that's number one, it should take about 45 minutes to set expectations. It involves establishing your place, your time, your location, what people should expect, introducing yourselves and each other, and then engaging in this activity, activity challenge format that will set the tone for the rest of the day. The next thing I wanna talk about is number two, skills review. This is a review of the lesson training or the teaching swimming online course or the teaching swimming workbook, which the participants should already have gone through. Now, in an ideal world, you and your staff are requiring that all participants in this in-person training have taken the online course, Teaching Swimming, Fun and Effective Instruction. It's available at swimminglessonsideas.com as part of a all access membership for an individual, or as in this case, more likely part of a team's membership where you and your team get access to all the program materials. So you would invite your new member to the group. So perhaps it is Woodvale Swimming. Woodvale Swimming is my generic go-to pretend swim instructor or swim program agency, uh, which I like to refer to in these podcasts and in website posts. 
So Woodvale Swimming is the pretend agency. And I would invite my participants, Sally and Johnny, into Woodvale Swimming on the website. They would get a link. They would join the website as a group member under your account. And then you'd be able to see their progress in the online courses. And they would be able to take the online courses to prove that they uh, have adopted or learned the material uh, as teaching swimming and the level structure. And then this number two section of the in-person takes 90 minutes, and it is a review of the skills that are in the lesson, the training workbook, teaching swimming. So deliver instructions to the group. It'll take about five minutes. Break people into smaller groups if necessary. For 30 minutes, review the specific skills from the blue section of the teaching swimming workbook. So if you have copies of the teaching swimming workbook, which you can get as a PDF, as an all-access member, uh, you can print these out in advance or buy the books online and have them available for each group. And slowly go through each page or heading of the blue section, which includes the 15 essential swim skills going from going underwater to flip turns. Uh, and review this, this the skills in your small groups. Now, the objective should be that parents, participants should have finished the teaching, swimming, and level structure online courses so that they're familiar with them in a way that doesn't necessarily mean they've mastered them, but that they have a familiarity with them. Uh, provide explanation as necessary for any skills that need more explanation. So, for example, breaststroke arms can be somewhat confusing, but breaststroke kick, the fly progression, or the rotation method. This is your opportunity as a lesson coordinator to hone in on those things that you think your participants and new swim instructors really need to focus on. What, our look, what we're looking for is to assign small groups to keep our groups on task, but have fun with the review. The instructors, so the lesson coordinator, should know the skills already from the online course, as should the instructors, the new candidates that you're training. Have fun demonstrating your knowledge and use this time to refine confusion into competence. So we want to focus in on those things that our new hires and our new instructors aren't quite sure of and make it more understandable to them. This is a review session where we're looking at the different skills and reviewing them so that everyone knows what they are. Let's take a look at the training activity number one, activity two, and the challenge, and then we'll wrap up this podcast episode. So activity number one for section two of an in-person uh, training for new swim instructors is a three-skill progression. So this is activity, activity number one. Participants should pair up. Each pair should come up with a three-skill progression. So three of the essential swim skills that share a related physical skill. Present their three-skill progression to the group. Briefly, quickly, saying the three skills and what connects them. For example, Bob's elevator down activity and streamline that begins underwater. The connector is going underwater. Now this is a simple conversation activity that involves collaborating with the partner and using the training workbook as a reference. So be short, be concise, be fast, and explore connection alternatives. The lesson coordinator could perhaps at this point say, what else connects Bob's the elevator down and streamline that begins underwater? And I would say streamline. All of those things 
are aiming towards the skill of streamlining underwater to begin with. Training activity number two, skill parade, playful parade of skills. All participants should walk in a single file line acting out on land a specific swim skill. Walk in a large square, if you're using a large open space with lines on the floor. Stop and direct participants to arrange themselves so that beginner skills are first in line and higher level skills are last. Now let me break this down a little bit more. All participants should walk in a single file line each acting out on land a different or distinct specific swim skill. Now, it's possible that some will be doing the same thing, and that's okay. But they should remain doing their skill throughout. As they participate, or as they do this, stop them, and then tell them to continue doing their skill, but arrange themselves in a line, much like you would have a group of people arrange themselves from shortest to tallest. We're going to arrange them from swim skill, that's the most basic, to swim skill, which is the most difficult. And that would be going underwater as the most basic, and swimming butterfly would be the most difficult, or flip turns. Now, what this does is challenges our swimmer, our swim instructors, to remember what the different skills are, remember how those skills fall into our level structure, and then orienting themselves from easiest to most difficult in a logical progression of skills and difficulty. The challenge after these activities, uh, let me, before I continue with that, the connector between these is skill understanding, which is the purpose of this section, skills review. We've spent 30 minutes reviewing the skills in the workbooks, ideally getting through all of them. Now, we're doing activities that engage people so they get them moving, walking, talking, and doing things together, experiential training here, and then having them practice what they just reviewed or have learned online. The challenge is a random skill test. Break into small groups of no more than six participants. One person in the group uses the teaching swimming workbook, flip to a random blue skill. The other person has to say two key elements to the skill and physically demonstrate what it looks like. So this is kind of like a mini quiz, a pop quiz style thing. And the goal is to move quickly and avoid tangents. Rotate so that all skills are demonstrated or all people have gone at least two times. Have fun with the demonstrations. So do front float laying on the floor, backstroke swimming on your back on the floor, moving across your area, or do some sort of exaggerated butterfly or arm strokes or facial expressions. This is a good opportunity to do like a test situation. And there should be no penalties or um, negatives for someone who can't remember other than simple move on and try another one. I want to briefly talk about where some of the objectives of this training workbook come from and why the structure is what it is. One of the big goals in creating this was to provide a, like I said before, a scaffolding or a framework for someone that is in a leadership role training new SWIM instructors how to do it without being so overbearing that we dictate every portion of their training. The goal is to provide uh, a framework. So activity, activity, 
challenge. That's the formula that we use in our swim lessons, and we're using it in our training environment as well. And those activities and challenges are designed with the intent of engaging our participants in a way that isn't boring, that gets them moving around and doing things independently or with instruction and without lots of lecturing. So our goal is to not have, similar to this podcast, is not to have a verbal lecture to the new swim instructors. That's not the goal. Our goal is to let them learn the information and absorb it online or by reading the book, you know, studying it, passing the online test. That'll demonstrate a basic level of competency and provide a resource for which they can reference if they have questions. So it's like, oh, I forgot what the underwater progression is. I'll just pull it up on my phone. Here it is. It's on teaching swimming, underwater progressions. There it is. Uh, or I forgot how to do supported front glides. I can look it up on my phone, teaching swimming, supported front glides. Here's all the three different variations and here are the challenges that go along with it. So the intent is to be a reference, an, in, an instructional guide, an information dump. And then these activities and the things you're doing in person should be memorable in the way that they're fun, they're engaging, they involve as many people as possible, and they're not the normal sit down, learn, and lecture type of environment. They're experiential. They're doing something. Activity number one in the setting expectations is actually participating and saying something. Activity number one in the skills review is uh, and a pair of people coming up with a three skill progression. It could be any progression that they want. So they have to draw from their bank of knowledge to create something. Uh, activity number two is a skill parade. It's a physical manifestation of what they've learned. It's people walking around, flapping their arms around like butterfly strokes and flailing their arms like freestyle or posing in position 11 or walking in streamline or laying on the floor and doing backstroke across it on their back. You know, it, it's a visually, physical, distinctively different thing that in the hopes of, you know, me and you going to create a connection and a memory that will lead to better swim instruction in the future. And that's where this scaffolding and that's where this design comes from is the intent is Here's a basic timeline. Here's the objective. Here's what you should do. Here's what they should do, the participants. And here's what you need to do to get it started. And then follow this progression of activity, activity, challenge. And then ideally, those things combined will create a memorable learning environment and experience that produces better swim instructors. Um, and it works. It works in our swim lessons with the activity, activity challenge. You get a lot of deliberate practice in those in those two activities. And then you get a fun, connected, related skill to a challenge, which is a fun activity. But each challenge is tied to something that they need to be doing in swimming uh, and uh, provides a lot of opportunity for improvement and growth in those challenges because overcoming a challenge, something that was once difficult and you failed at, and then succeeding in it is a rush of excitement and adrenaline. So it's a very exciting thing. Um, and that's where this comes from. And, and we want to have that and share that with our, um, our, our new people. So I also want to touch on the skills review continued portion. So most of these uh, training modules 
like I said, there are eight of them also have this like first page, which is like, okay, here's what you do. And then there's also a supplemental series of pages, which give instruction to the instructor. So running the course on what to do. So uh, focus on the following skills. Uh, so we highlight going underwater, streamline support, front float support, back floats, and the activity activity challenge format. And then give some pictures and guides and scripts and information. So this is information for the lesson coordinator to hone in on during the skills review section. Uh, and then there's also opportunity for discussion questions. So this would be bringing the group together and having a large discussion on specific topics. And again, the intent is to provide um, in, like like suggestions, not define what must be said. So what skills are in levels one, two, three, and four? What skills are in parent taught? What skills are in guppies? Do you need to memorize every swim skill in order in order from beginner to advance? And the answer is no. And But this is an, a wide conversation that you could have, and you could ask, well, why not? Why don't you need to do that? Do you need to do that? Uh, what do we mean by the word info dump, which is what the online course and the teaching workbook are? They're that information dump where you have to absorb a lot of information and then understand it as you do things. So this conversation portion of it is an option uh, for an in-person training, but it's a really good option because it allows for different points of view, discussion, and feedback, and then getting to learn and understand your participants. So I'm pretty excited about this. I think you should be too. Uh, it's a great opportunity if you have no familiarity with running a lesson uh, training, so a swim instructor training, uh, and you can do it under the Swimming Ideas uh, banner and training without any additional uh, licensing or needs. You could simply need the book and you can follow it and go ahead and iterate it on it on your own. So I'm excited to share it with you. I hope you are too. Uh, receive it and I look forward to hearing your feedback and your, your thoughts on it. And if you've used it, things that you struggled with or things that you didn't, make sure that you find us on Spotify. If you go uh, to Spotify, you can actually find us on our Swimming Ideas podcast. You can ask questions there uh, using your voice, or you can send in a listener message and answer a brief question. Or you can always email me, jeff at swimminglessonsideas.com, and let me know your suggestions, your thoughts, or your uh, concerns about this lesson coordinator training workbook. Thank you very much for joining me and tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care.